Amazing. And uh, church, why don't we welcome those who are joining us online? Maybe you're watching on video or on podcast. It's great to have you being part of our services. And if you're ever in our area, we would love to have you join one. If the message is blessed, you do write to us and let us know. Church, let's welcome those who are joining us online today. Great to have you as part of our online family. You know, we've been talking about values over the last little while, and I know Neil touched on it last week about the value that we are spirit-led. Everybody say, we are spirit-led. Tap your neighbor and say, I want to be spirit-led. Come on. I, I, I want to be. We want, we want the spirit of God to lead us in everything that we're doing. And by all accounts, I mean, I was down in Nelson last week, Anita and I, and just preaching down there. And I believe you had a Holy Ghost meeting in this place, and God did some amazing miracles. And it's been tremendous to hear the stories. But how many are believing that's just the beginning of what God wants to do? About five of you. I said, how many are believing that's the beginning of what God wants to do? And uh, if He did it once, He will do it again. But I want to take a slightly different angle on that. If we're spirit-led, what do you do when God is silent? What do you do if we're to be spirit-led, if we're to hear from God? What do you do when God is silent, when God doesn't say anything, when God doesn't speak anything? What do you do? Recently, I was going through my Bible. I was looking for a passage, and about three-quarters of the way through, I ended up and. This place here in the particular Bible I was using, I had two blank pages. They had nothing on them. There were no notes, no stories. Nothing was written on them that would uh, inspire me as I was going through them. No great words of wisdom could be found on those two blank pages. No stirring passage, no great epic battle uh, to encourage one's faith or no psalm to inspire me in the walk that I was doing. There was nothing. Everybody say nothing. 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 There was nothing on those pages. They were blank. And of course, one could easily be forgiven for not stopping or pausing there on those blank pages because it makes sense to move on, to turn the page, to move to the next chapter because who wants to stay between this space, these two blank pages, that's what they represented. They represented the time between the Old and the New Testament. It was the time between. You've been stuck in the between time. You've been stuck in that place where I'm in between. I'm, I, I, I'm aware of what was old. I'm wanting to move into what was new. But I'm stuck in between and God's not saying anything. He's silent. What do you do when God is silent? When I opened those pages and I was looking at them, I could have just turned to the next chapter and the next part of the story. But as I, as I did, I felt God just whisper into my spirit. He said the words 400 years. As soon as He said that in my spirit, just in this sort of a quiet voice, as soon as He said that, I knew there was a sermon right there. Come on, amen. There was a sermon right there because I knew that the, those two pages that were there written in the book represent 400 years. 400 years. Those two blank pages, we, we just turn them. We just look at them. We don't even stop there. We just already move on. But those two pages represent 
400 years. The time between what was old and the time between what was new coming was 400 years. How many know 400 years is a long time? It's a long, long, long time. In fact, it's many generations or, or, or lifetimes of people. 400 years, God was silent. God didn't speak. God didn't say a thing. If you were stuck in that in-between time, you might have said, it's getting awkward in here. It's getting kind of awkward. God, what do you want me to do if I'm to be spirit-led? God, can you speak to me? Why are the heavens silent? 400 years is a long time. Turn to your neighbor and say, too long. Too long. This is too long a time. But that's what it was, 400 years. So what do you do when God is silent? What do you do when you're in the between times of your life where, where the old is there and you're, you're waiting for something new to happen, but God seems to be silent? My, the pages of my story are blank. There's nothing written there. I'm not getting inspired. I got nothing. I, I'm not hearing anything. There's nothing to stir me into the next level. There's just nothing. What do you do when God is silent? Maybe you're here today and God's been silent for a while in your life. You haven't heard Him speak. What do you do when God is silent? Maybe it hasn't been 400 years. Maybe it's been four years. I don't know. Maybe it's been four days. Whatever. But what do you do when God is silent? How can I be led when He chooses to be silent? You do it. I'm going to give you the answer now. Are you ready? It's not rocket science. It's not complicated. You do it. How do I be led when God is silent? You do it by, listen, here we go, here we go. Not a trick. Living by the word you know. Bang. Okay. About four of you thought that was okay. You do it by living by the word you know. You, you, you do it when God is silent. How do you, how do you live? How do you, how do you move on? What do you do when God is silent? How can I be led when He chooses to be silent? You do it by living by the word you know, by, by trusting in what God has already spoken in this book. What He has already v revealed in His word. That's how you live when God is silent. Going back to that which he has already spoken, what he has already revealed. What has he revealed? Well, Psalm 119 verse 105 tells us this. We know he's already revealed this, that thy word, this book, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. This word will light up the way ahead of you. It's a lamp to your feet. Oh, I don't know where I'm going, Pastor. I can't see. He's not speaking. His word, I go back to what he's already revealed. What's he revealed? Thy word is a lamp. Oh, but I'm walking in the dark. No, his word is a lamp. And if you would allow it and hold it up to your life, it will allow you to see the way forward. Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet and a light unto your path. 
Psalm 37, 23, what has been revealed? God already tells us that the steps of a good man and a good woman are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. In the King James, it says he, he delighteth. Everybody say delighteth. It just feels good. It's, you, you guys didn't say it. Everybody say delighteth. Come on. It just feels good saying it. Delighteth. He delighteth. He delighteth in his way. Oh, I love that. Because what does God already reveal when times are silent, when God's not speaking, when the heavens seem closed off? I already know what He's already revealed, that His Word, His Word, His Word. I can go back to what is written. I can see that Thy Word is a lamp. If I hold it up, and I can see that which is around me. And then it goes on to say that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That means that when you take a step, even though you're not hearing something, as you're trusting in Him, if you just take that step, He's going to order your ways. He's going to direct your path. You might not hear him. You might not be able to go, well, what's going on? But I do know this. If you hold his word up and you take the steps, come on. Here's the thing. Some people in the blank spaces, in the in-between times in their life, they're paralyzed. What do I do? It's not saying nothing. I'm not saying nothing. I, I can't hear nothing. So I, I can't move. I don't want to make a, make a mistake. That's not, not what you can go back. Friend, I'm going to tell you because you know the steps of a good man. Or tap your neighbor and say, take a step. Come on, if you take a step. Come on, turn your neighbor on the other side, your second choice, and say, come on, you've got to take a, you got to take a step too. If you would just take a step, you've got to understand His Word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And as you hold His Word up on your life and you take those steps, friends, I want to tell you, not only will He direct your way, He, del- and he delights in your way, but that lamp lights up the way ahead and allows you to see where you're going, what you're doing. Thy Word is a lamp unto thy feet and a light unto your path. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. God's not there. Understand, when you take those steps, when you're trusting in him, God's not there going, oh, what are you doing stepping? What are you doing moving? What are you doing taking a risk like that? No, no, no. He delighteth in your way. Friend, you've got to understand when you make those moves in those moments when you can't hear him, and you're taking that risk, and you're stepping out the steps of a good man, and he delighteth. In your way. He's not sitting there going, what do you think you're doing, Willis? He delighteth in your way. The fact that you're stepping out, trusting in what he has already revealed in his word. That's what you do when God is silent. What else does his word reveal? His word reveals this in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. You know, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. When God is silent, what do you trust in? When you can't hear Him in those moments where you need Him, what do you start trusting in? Oh, well, I can't hear anything. I better do this myself. Yeah, that's worked real well for you in the past, hasn't it? Come on. I'll just start doing it myself. I'll I'll start looking at my time, my talents, my treasure, my stuff that I'm going to do, my resources that I have available. And I'm going to, no, no, no. The Bible says don't try. When you don't hear, it doesn't say, say trust in yourself and your own good skills and your own good looks. Hasn't got me anywhere. <laughs> I tried and I tried and I tried. The Bible says, trust in the Lord. With all, not just some. Well, he's not speaking, so why should I come? No, I won't no I'm not going to trust in him, I know he. He's giving me problems. I'm doing my UK accent. For everybody watching online, that was my UK accent. If you're in London, hello. 
But, but I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not, I'm just, I can't remember what I was saying there for. <laughs> yeah, don't trust in my own accents. But, but friend, I want to I, I tell you, it's, it's not, don't, don't trust in your own abilities and your own power. Trust in the Lord with all. Everybody say all. All in the Greek means all. All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. When he's silent, trust in what you know. Trust in what he's spoken. Trust in the law, what he has already revealed. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own knowledge. Don't lean on your own skills. Don't lean on your own talent. Trust him. Tap your neighbor and say, you needed to hear that. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Put him first. Acknowledge him. And look, here's what he'll do again. He will direct your path. Not only will he delighteth in your way, he, he, he will direct your path. But I don't know where it is. It doesn't matter. He will, if you trust in him and you realize that his word is a lamp unto your feet and the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and you trust in him, he will direct your path. You might not know where that's going. You might not know where it's going to end up. But he will direct your path. You trust him. That's what you do when God is silent. You hold on to that which he has already revealed. What's he revealed in Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2? Lift up your eyes to the hills. Where does your help come from? Friend, you might feel, well, no, I don't know what God's doing right now. But friends, I'm going to tell you, it's already revealed. Your help will come from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He won't let your foot slip. He who watches over you neither slumbers. No, see, God's like, oh, man, I'm so tired of you. I'm going to rest. How no, God neither slumbers nor sleeps. When you go to bed, he's, he's watching. Some of you, that's probably a bad Well, that's kind of freaky. <laughs> In a good way. He's watching. He doesn't go to sleep. He's, he, he, God, God is watching out for you. I don't know what to do, God. What shall I do? What? I, I, I don't know how to live. I, I mean, he's not speaking anything. The Bible says, go back to what he's already revealed. In Micah 6 verse 8, it says this. He has shown you, O man. How to live. He has shown you, oh man, what is good. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to live. I don't know, you know, what, what Lord, what's your will? He has shown you, oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? What do you require of me? Here it is. Uh, do justly. I mean, just live right. Live justly. Act justly. Don't, 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 don't be mean to that person in your office. You know who I'm talking about. Don't be mean to that person who's upset. No, 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 do just. If someone treats you unfairly, you, you, you don't do so. Well, you did that to me. I won't do that to you. You, you can't do that. Where well, the Bible says you've got to love our enemies. Amen. Any of you had difficult people in your life? Come on. You're sitting next to them. No, 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 put it down. I don't want to know. We all got difficult people in our lives, but, 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 but we've got to. What? Showing you how to do, to, to, showing you what is good and does what the Lord does require of you to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. 
See, sometimes when we can't hear God, we start going, I'm going to do it myself. That's not walking humbly. That's walking like, oh, you watch me, man. I'm going to handle this situation. We're to walk humbly with our God. He's showing you how to do it. So walk humble. Keep humble. Stay humble in your life. He's showing us what, what is right, how to, how to live right. In Psalm 112, verse 1, it says, Blessed are those who fear the Lord. What do you do when you can't hear Him? You trust in what His commands are. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who, try, who find great delight in His commands. Psalm 119, verse 2. Blessed are those who keep His commands and seek His statutes and seek Him with all thy heart. And then a verse that we've used many times over the last few weeks. We sometimes think Jesus had spoken it. But Jesus didn't say this. He just repeated what was written. He went back to where the Lord had revealed it. Which is this Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus didn't say that first. He went back to what God had already revealed and brought it forth. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did when he found himself in the wilderness. If you know that story in the scriptures where he was led by the Spirit. Into the wilderness. Sometimes the Spirit leads us into some funny places. Yeah. We wouldn't say, oh, take me into the desert. <laughs> no, we want to go, take me to, you know, where the rivers flow and the, <laughs> the streams and the valleys. And, and, and then God takes us into play. And we go, well, Lord, why am I here? In fact, in that passage, you know, Jesus had just been baptized. And he heard the Father say, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And then the, 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 Jesus like think, awesome, awesome, so cool. And now the Spirit leads you out into the desert. <laughs> Some of you will have that experience. Some of you will have that thing where just when God's, God, God you feel, oh, I just feel God's just touched my life. And then suddenly the next week you're in the desert. Being tested. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Man, I couldn't even last 40 minutes. <laughs> All right, enough of that laughing right there. Security, remove her. No. 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said to him, you are the Son of God. Tell those stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written. Everybody say, it is written. He wasn't just relying on his own skills. I mean, he is Jesus after all, but even Jesus didn't rely on his own skills. He, what did he do? He, repeat, he said, I, it is written. It is, I want to remind you about what has already been revealed in this word. I might be in a desert time right now, but I want to remind you what is written. And three times Jesus said, as the devil came and tempted him, as the devil came and said, I'll do this, I'll do, I'll do that. And, and some of the temptations, they weren't bad things. They were like, hey, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And say, like, oh, that's pretty cool. I can be like Bill Gates or something or do all this. I mean, real cool, cool stuff for some people. And Jesus said, no, 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 it, it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and serve him only. It is written. What was he doing? He was trusting in what was already revealed. And the in-between time when he was in a desert, when he felt like the heavens were silent, when just a week ago he was saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now I'm in the desert. Maybe that describes your life right now. Maybe you're feeling like, I'm in the desert. I'm stuck in the in-between between what was old and what is new. And I can't see anything on the pages of my life. They're blank. I can't see any way forward. I can't get any inspiration. Trust in what He's already revealed. 
It is written, it is written, it is written. If Jesus had to do it, we have to do it. Come on. If Jesus was tested, you're going to be tested. I thought if I became a Christian, everything's going to go real smooth. And I'm not going to have any problems. Wrong book. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. Some of you might be going, oh, really? I thought it was going to be easy. (laughs) If Jesus was tested, you're going to be tested. 400 years God was silent. God didn't say a thing. If Jesus was tested, you will be tested. That's why it's important, listen, to hide the word of God in your heart for those times that God is silent. Psalm 119, verse 11, the psalmist says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are you hiding the word of God? Oh, no, man, everything's going smooth at the moment. I don't need to get the word in my heart. I don't need to. Everything's cruisy, brother. Everything's happening so cool. Lord's blessing me on this, blessing me on the left, blessing me on the right, blessing me above, blessing me beneath. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And then next week you're falling apart. Where's my Bible? I don't know where it is. I think I left it at church. I think it's in the lost property thing. I haven't seen it for a couple of weeks. Come on. It's not you guys. It's the guys in the last service. I just want to ask you. You guys are fine. But if you don't hide that word in his heart when things are going good, you won't know what it is when God is silent, when you, when you have to reach into those places where he's not speaking. You, you go, where, 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 where is it if it's not hidden? And Jesus didn't say, excuse me just a minute while I get my Bible. You've got to understand, he didn't even have the New Testament that you and I, I, I have. He didn't have that available to him. Neither did the apostles. Neither did any of them have those words that were available to him. He had to go what was hidden in his heart, what he learned when he was 12 years old at Sunday school. And I remember that verse where, where suddenly it says greater is he that is in me than he that is I, I remember what was written there and I need that in this moment that I'm in the desert 400 years God was silent if you're new to the Bible you know that numbers have meaning numbers have significance I've preached on it before probably the most famous number in the Bible um, is, is used by Christians and non-Christians alike. 666, the number of the beast. How many remember that Iron Maiden? No, don't put your hand up. I don't want to know. It's an Iron Maiden, famous by the Iron Maiden song. 666, the number of the beast. Well, they didn't quite do it like that. Probably a little more rockier. And in fact, we had that, you know, we, you, you, you might have been here a few years ago where they spray painted it on the side. Some, some kids must have been doing their Bible lessons or whatever, and they spray painted, 666, let's scare the people in the church. God wrote that. I mean, he's not like freak out. But these, these, these are words that have meaning. 666, the number of the beast. 12 is the number of government. That's why you have the 12 tribes of Israel and the, the 12 disciples. Six is the number of man. Numbers like uh, 930, if you can put that up. Numbers like 930 and 1,115. Powerful, powerful numbers. Or are they? Actually, I don't know what those. Can you push the button again? Oh, no, that's the time church starts. Please be on time. That's, I just don't need to be uh, clear on that. Boom, drop the mic. Oh. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
Some people looking at the ground. Hey, just to say that, some of our teams work so hard to make Sundays happen every time. It'd be great if you can be in the house of God on time, ready to worship God. I know, it's hard getting ready. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love this guy. He's just so nice, even when he, even when he corrects us. The numbers have significance. 40 and multiples of 40 symbolize and what? They represent testing and trial in the scripture. 40 days, Jesus was in the wilderness, as we've already described, being tested. Noah and the ark, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. We know that the, the people of Israel were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They were slaves. For 40 years after that, they wandered in the wilderness being tested. We know that 400 years in this in-between time, God was silent. And so that sure was a test. That's a test in anyone's books. And when he's silent in your life, you've got to understand that's always going to be a test for you and I. When you feel like he's not speaking, that's always going to be a test for you and I. But you might be here and you're saying, but pastor, that's when I need him to say. When, when I'm in that desert time, when, I, when I'm stuck in that in-between time, that's when I need him to speak. You've got to remember, the teacher doesn't talk during a test. He remains quiet in the testing times of our life. The teacher does not talk. Good preaching, amen. Doesn't talk when you're going through a test. Why? Because it's a test. And God doesn't test you to fail. He tests you to succeed, to strengthen you. It's like when you go into the gym and you try to lift those, those weights. That you, it's a, it's a, it strengthens you. It's a te- I don't know if I can do it, but you know if you achieve it, it strengthens you. It's not to, to fail, it's to succeed. 400 years he was silent. And over, but here's what I want you to know. Over those 400 years, people still went about their daily business. People still, they didn't stop and go, well, we can't do anything. He's not saying anything. Can't move, can't do anything. No, do you want to do that? Do you want to go for a church barbecue? No. Can't move, can't do anything. Want to preach? No, better not. He's not saying anything. Over that 400 years, people didn't just stop. People carried on living their lives, went about their daily business, day in, day out. Listen, just because God is silent, it doesn't mean God is not at work. Doesn't mean God's not at work. You know, probably one of the greatest stories, and I feel uh, when I went through this again, we've got to go there again. I want to preach that book, the story of Esther about that chick, Bible chick. She was like the coolest chick in the Bible, and she just went out and she made, yeah, she, she did some damage, that girl. Good damage. She, she sorted the people out. She got the people of Israel set free. If you know that story, the story of Esther, you know it's from where we get that famous quote that preachers like to use every now and then, where you were born for such a time as this. That comes from the book of Esther. But do you know the book of Esther is one of two books in the Bible where God is not mentioned at all. He's not mentioned at all. No mention of God in the book. Look for it for yourselves. He's not mentioned, yet we can see his hand and pretty much everything he's happening. Don't Just because you can't hear what he's doing, you've got to understand, just because you can't hear his voice, it doesn't mean God is not at work. Come on, somebody. It doesn't mean he's not at work. 
in your life, in your, your situation. You, just like Esther, need to know in the blank pages of your life, in the in-between times of your life, that you were born for such a time as this. God put you in that testing time. Why? Because he knew you can handle it. Because he knew you were ready. Because you were going to do something that nobody else could. You may not be able to hear his voice at the moment, but you can see his hand at work. Esther and those with her didn't worry about the fact that God's Voice was not heard because they understood they were in a covenant relationship with him and they were trusting in what has already been revealed by his word. 400 years in the in-between time must have felt like a long time when he's silent. But Esther, in the absence of hearing from God, still moved and made a difference still wrote on the blank pages. What will you write on the blank pages of your life? What will you write in the places where you're not hearing, hearing God speak? How will you choose your, your story? What will you write in the in-between times, between the old and the new, when you're stuck in the between times of your life? I pray it's like Esther, it's one of trusting God's revealed word and follow him in times you don't hear him. If my first point was trust in that which God has revealed, hold on to what God has revealed. My second point is simply this. Don't quit when he's quiet. Don't quit when he's quiet. Hold on. Why? Hold on in the in-between times. Why? Because the page is about to turn. Yeah. Hold on in those quiet times because the page is about to turn. Don't quit when he's quiet. Don't say, I can't do it anymore. He's not doing it. Because the page is about to turn. Because here's the thing, on the other side of the page, if you would just hold on, if you would just not quit when he's quiet, you've got to understand when the page turns, when we turn to the, uh, the next page, what do we have? We have a new chapter. And what's in that new chapter? It tells me that there's a Savior coming. It tells me that salvation's on the way. It tells me that there are miracles about to happen. It tells me that healings are coming. It tells me that freedom is coming. Redemption is coming. It's just on the other side of the page. Tap your neighbor and say, don't quit when he's quiet. Because the page is about to turn. Worship team, come. Friend, I don't know what you've written on the blank pages of your life. I don't know what you've written on the in-between times. Maybe you're in an in-between time right now. And you're like, man, I can't see any way forward. I can't see. It feels like 400 years since the last time I saw God do something. Feels like a long time. But I want to tell you today, your page is about to turn. I want to declare to you today, your page is about to turn. If you're watching me online today, I'm declaring to you, your page is about to turn. Hold on, don't quit 
when he's quiet. I feel that so strongly for someone here in this service today. You're on the verge of quitting. Don't quit when he's quiet. Your page is about to turn. Maybe on the in-between part of your life, between that which was old and that which is new, maybe you've written a story that, man, it's not a story you're pleased with. Maybe your life's ended up in a in a place where you go, man, I, I don't like the story that's been written. The beauty of the gospel is he can give you a new story. Not only that, my Bible tells me he can give you a new heart. Got a heart of stone, he can give you a new heart. Maybe someone here today, you say, I need a new chapter, brother. I need a new chapter in my life. My life's worked out like this. I thought it would go like that and it's ended up like this. I need a new chapter. He can give you a new chapter today. The page is about to turn. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this auditorium. I want to give you an opportunity, friend. You say, but Pastor, you don't know how bad I am. You don't know how. Listen, I, this is one of my favorite sayings at the moment. The good book is not the good book or called the good book because the people in it are good. It's the good book because the God in it is good. The people in it mess up all the time and maybe you've messed up. But he's the God of the first chance, the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance. That's why we need him. That's why I need him. That's why you need him. And maybe today you need to get right with God. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, oh, pastor, I need a new chapter. Friend, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. Would you be like I was maybe all those years ago where I was in that meeting and I felt God knocking on my heart. He was calling me. He's saying, come, give your life to me. That day I said yes to Jesus. My life has never been the same. Do you need to get right with Him today? I don't want to finish this service without giving you an opportunity to do so. With every head bowed and every eye closed, when I count to three, I'm going to ask you if that's you and you want to be included in a prayer that says, Lord, I need to get right with you. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up way up in the air. And all you're doing is saying, Pastor, that's me. Include me in that prayer. I need to get right. I know I need to get right with you today. I'm far away from you. Maybe you've known what it is to walk with God and you've, you've backslidden, you've fallen away. But you're here again today and you say, man, I need, to, I need to get committed again. Why not make this your moment? With every head bowed and every eye closed, one I want to tell you, there's a God who loves you. He died for you. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whomsoever, you are whomsoever, believeth in Him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Two, let today be the day that you get right with God. Let today be the day you acknowledge and say, God, I need you. Three, if you need to get right with God here today, would you put your hand up in the air? Just say, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you down the back there. Anyone else? Thank you. You know you need to get right with God. You know you need the cleanse of God. Anyone else? You can slip those hands down, everyone. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God here today. Thanks down the back there. Anyone else? Thanks, sweetheart. Thank you. Let's pray. All together, Lord Jesus, I come to you today.
a sinner in need of a Savior. I turn from my sins and give my life to you. I repent and submit my life to your leading. Be my Lord and my Savior from this day forth. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. 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 Church, can we put our hands together for all those who said yes?